Today is the first episode of the Tea On. This is a new segment that I'm really excited to create where I go into deep conversation with women. And today's episode, premiere episode, shall I say, is with my beautiful friend, Nare. Nare has wisdom that comes from above and deep within her. And you are in for quite a treat today. Nare is a realtor and real estate investor. She's a creative professional. She is a retail and sustainable fashion expert, an expert in interior design and staging and visual merchandising. I met Nare very synchronistically. We also share the same birthday. We're both that Sagittarius energy, which is very powerful energy. <laughs> and I will tell you that Nare is one of the people that have influenced me the most in my life. She is the first abundance queen I ever met. She has a really powerful relationship with money and taught me so much about negotiating as a woman and standing in my power at a time when I was very lost early in my career. She was and is one of the women that really has just always seen me for who I am and I think we all can relate to meeting another woman who really just sees us, sees us as we are, but more importantly, sees us for who we can become, for who we are becoming. And that is Nare. Enjoy this powerful, potent, and activating conversation with my beautiful Nare. Hello, hello, and welcome to House of Low. I'm Lo and I am on a mission to create safe spaces to help every single woman on this earth feel her power, live from her truth, find her magic, and discover a love for herself so deeply that it opens her up to love others, step into her purpose, and live life abundantly. I'm so excited you have found your way here. Thank you for joining me. Here we go. I am here with one of the women that have inspired me for years, one of my earliest friends in my career and a woman who I admire beyond words, someone I have known for nine years, my beautiful friend, Nare. Hello, darling. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm doing amazing. I'm so happy you're here. I'm so grateful that you're going to share all your wisdom today. And I just, I'm so grateful. So thank you for being here. And I appreciate you asking me to join you. This is such a lovely thing to see and experience and be a part of. So thank you for having me. Thank you. Hmm. Well, to get started, so just for the everybody. This is my newest episode style. It's called the Tea On. And I'm really excited to be bringing deeper conversations with real women and women I admire and women who are living this and embodying this all the time. So that's where we're starting here. And I'm very, very excited to kind of talk today about what it means to come home to you with someone who has done it and continues to do it. So Ray, I'd love for you to 
just introduce yourself a little bit, talk about you, where you are now, where you're from, anything that feels good for you. Yeah, I am a Bridgeport, Connecticut girl. (laughs) Born and raised in Connecticut, Bridgeport specifically. I live in the burbs outside of Bridgeport now, but that's home. I grew up as a visual person in the retail world and all of that, doing the assistant buying and working in New York and, you know, doing all that fun stuff. But I've transitioned recently, left the industry and am now in the world of real estate. They're both my first loves. So it's all good there and interesting (laughs) (laughs) to evolve. And, you know, I'm excited to be on the journey. Yeah. Hmm. I have to say, you know, for everybody, I need to say this out loud. Nuray was the first person that taught me about self-love, self-worth. We didn't even use those terms at the time, but that's what we talked about. And Nuray also taught me the power of being sovereign in who you are and having a really, really abundant, powerful money mindset. Nuray has such a gift with having a really powerful relationship with money. And again, there's so many conversations happening right now on abundance and money mindset. And I'm thinking, Naray was talking about this stuff way before it was cool, way before <laughs> it was like the tea. Yeah. And so I just really want to give you that, like make sure that credit is called out because you have a wisdom in you that every woman who listens is going to benefit from. And also it's amazing to see your evolution over the years and just how you have continued on this journey. Like you just have that, that spark in you, that magic in you of being so like growth minded. And it's something that inspired me all those years ago when I was so lost and you always saw me and just, you helped me. And this is a big part of, I think, House of Low in general and my message is that other women really pick us up. Other women really help us when we allow them to, when we create that trust together and it's other women who see us deeply. And I think the deepest sometimes, and you are the one that really saw my potential and who I was going to become long before I did. So my deepest gratitude goes to you. I, I just love you so much. And I, oh, I, I want to say publicly, like how I would not be here if it wasn't for you and the way you influenced me at such a, the youngest part of my career and coming of who I was becoming. I love it. You know, I'm giving that right back to you. I think to your point, when we talk about women seeing each other and giving back to one another, it's a two-way street for sure. And I think in a space where neither one of us was getting the gratification from other people or the outside or the opposite sex, doesn't really matter. It just wasn't there. We had to create a space for each other to be able to be supported and to see one another and to give back what we were seeking. It was a good synergy. It's always a good synergy. I think that's why so many magical things happen when we're together. So I just, I do want to give that back to you and thank you for even recognizing that because at that time and in that space, there was so many facets of life where that wasn't happening. So true. And we find each other in those moments, don't we? Sure, for sure. God sends us those, God sends us exactly who we need. Yeah, people. So I want to ask you to get started. For you, especially where you're at in your life now and just looking back, what does it mean to come home to you? You know, I feel like that is such a 
it's just non-static. It's something that happens. It's fluid. It's a living, breathing, needing thing for us, right? It's a huge chunk of ourselves. We can't ever say that it's a satisfied thing or it's checked off the box or it's permanent because it's always a thing where we have to check in with ourselves. We always need to make sure that regardless of what we're doing or how hard we're going or how many goals we have and how much traction we're gaining or not gaining, we're checking in with ourselves to see if we still want what we wanted and if we are going about things the right way, if we feel right going about things the way that we actually want to get them accomplished. You know, we could be 95% of the goal, but feel horrible mm-hmm. about how we got there or feel empty because maybe we're finding out that even though we're almost there, it's kind of not the direction we thought we were supposed to go in or what we wanted in the first place. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that it's really important to make sure that we get back to ourselves in checking in with ourselves and just making sure that we're always good with where we are and where we're going and we're still wanting what we thought we wanted. Wow. Wanting what we thought we wanted. Yeah. That I is- mean, you know why I say that. Yeah. 100%. That's really personal. You know, wanting to be the perfect person and the perfect woman and the perfect mother and the perfect wife mm-hmm. and the perfect career woman led me to a very dark space. Mm-hmm. And I realized that in that space, checking off all those boxes, you know, making the six figures, having the 2,200 square foot house, having the one child working in the city and running around like a crazy person. I was a miserable bitch. I was horrible. And none of that was what I really wanted because I didn't feel good. I didn't feel good. And what I really wanted at the end of it, underneath it all was to feel good. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. It does come back to how we want to feel, doesn't it? That's why I use the term deepest desires because they're usually deep. They're buried under whatever we've allowed to bury them. And eventually they come out because they're there for a reason. They're rooted in our heart for a reason. You know, what I want to get your insight into is let's talk about the movement for women in our culture now. You know, where do we find ourselves given everything that's happened, especially in the last decade with just... I think there's been a light shined on the struggles women have faced and the abuse and all the different things. Where do you think we find ourselves now as women? I mean, I think I find us in a very powerful space. I think that, you know, we are really seeing a little bit more of one another and recognizing that there's a lot of facets to our individual experiences and that there's also a lot of overlay We share some of the same experiences, but then we also have these different lenses, right? Like my lens is going to be a little bit different than your lens. It's going to be a little bit different than, you know, the lady next to you or the person who identifies as a lady next to you, right? All those things are so different. And so now when we raise our hands and we say, this has happened to me too, then we can also recognize like, oh, but maybe I also did a little bit of that to other people. And so we are now, I think, definitely finding our voices, certainly more powerful and more, I hate the word assertive, but way more assertive and aggressive about how we feel and how we want to feel and what our expectations are. And, you know, we're really more protective of our roles and our boundaries. And that's a great thing too. I think that we're also, we're a little bit more forthright in our behavior and a little more conscious of the way that we treat other people. I mean. I'm hoping that that's the case. Yes. 
it does feel like we're in this place of we've been given this opportunity to explore and find our truest identity Mm -hmm. in the spaces that have been created and the conversations that have been broken wide open with women across all different backgrounds and walks of life and, you know, race and also just like how we grew up, where we grew up. It does feel like our generation is here to trailblaze a new way of moving through the world as a woman. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that we're way more open to supporting one another and to speaking up to whoever that higher up is or the whomever is in charge or whoever is holding the torch and saying, you know, I really support what she's doing. And I really think that you need to hear her out or, you know, it's just about that sharing of the platform, amplifying each other's voices, all of those really catchy, trendy buzzwords. But those are the things that actually mean stuff because those small gestures were what really carried us forward in years before. And we've created those relationships and they've been happening, but they've always been happening under the guise of whatever the structure of society was supposed to be. And so, you know, you could get somewhere, but there was always that ceiling. And now I feel like with the amplification of supporting one another and just just being able to share someone else's story, right? You're able to now, or we are now able to at least say, we all believe in this. We all support this. And that amplifies where that voice goes at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And I feel like no matter you know what happens in this world, energy piled on to one another is just explosive. And so eventually it does push through and it does create a new space where the space didn't exist before. And that's a good thing because then it becomes more permanent. Mm. Oh my God, so well said. <laughs> I don't know. Your wisdom is so... I don't even get chills, unfortunately, but I, I get like these feelings in my body of just like, God, this woman is speaking the truth straight from above. I swear. I I love that. I mean, we just talk. So I don't, I don't think of it that way. You know, we're just, we're having a conversation and I love that. It comes through you, Ray. It really does. And it's so beautiful. What do you think leads women away from themselves? How do we lose who we truly are along the way? Yeah. So I love this question. And I think the answer is really twofold. I think a lot of it has to do with my favorite, the Disney princess syndrome. And then the other thing is ourselves, unfortunately. So we'll start with Disney princess. You know, it's my favorite because when we were younger, when everyone is this young person and they're growing up, there's always this, like this idea, right? That there's a Disney princess, that someone's going to come in and save you and like get your life together. And help you and everything will be fine after that. That's the furthest thing from the truth, right? We talk about this all the time. There is no prince. She's not coming in a Porsche or a horse or anything else. And he's not coming to save you, right? Right. Like we don't allow our girls to go through life and just say like the world is your oyster and you truly do have to figure it out. But that is reality, right? We lead them down this path that says, don't worry about it. Just kind of bumble your way along and somebody's going to come and fix it for you. Yes. 
no one has ever shown up to fix shit for me. Just FYI, right? Right. And I think for the world's most powerful women and for those who have done the most trailblazing in this world, that's never happened. So it's not really a thing, right? It's like a full-on fairy tale that we've raised generations of women to actually believe in, to actually function in life as if someone will arrive and fix everything. That is totally your responsibility, right? So that's the one thing. The other thing is like, it's ourselves. We literally get in our own head. And this is not just women. Men do this too. But for us women, we like really fully commit to these ideals of what we should be or what we should be to someone, whether that's a kid or a subordinate or a professor or a boss or a husband, or your partner, or whatever, right? We cast ourselves into these roles in where we take on this full-on persona of whoever we think is supposed to be the woman or the wife, right? So now you're June Cleaver. You're doing 150 things. None of that actually matches up with, one, the June Cleaver role, and two, our real lives, right? Because on top of being June Cleaver, we're also trying to be the boss from The Devil Wears Prada and (laughs) the coolest girl on earth who's a friend to everyone and super mom and fill in the blank, right? So basically, you're setting yourself up to be batshit crazy for the next 18 plus years because you've just had this kid, right? Yeah. And the next thing we know, we look up, we're nuts. We've made everyone else around us completely miserable and we are not even accepting responsibility that we, our role in our head, caused ourselves to be here. Mm. And it's disastrous for life because now, even in the best case, you have to make reckoning with that, get your mind together, do all of this undoing and retrain basically every person you've ever interacted with in order to correct that. That's impossible. Right. So we've set ourselves up for failure from the very beginning. Yeah. And that's rough stuff. I think the sooner that we can part from those two things, and I don't mean that, you know, you fall off a cliff and those things don't exist, but the faster you're able to walk that back in your life, the happier you become. Mic drop. You said it's 100% true. And this is the thing that I've experienced in the last few years of the personal responsibility and accountability. Yes, people have hurt me. And you know what? The thing about the people that hurt us in our life or almost feed into that false persona we live out, which is again on us, you can't wait for an apology from people. They're going to either come or they're going to go. It doesn't really matter. And what I've had to learn is the question I was faced with in my darkest moments was, how did I get here? How did I allow yeah. this to become my life? Yeah. How did I allow these people in? How did I allow this job to suck me dry? <laughs> how did I allow my health to get out of whack? How did I allow this to happen? Because the truth is, we have been given this beautiful gift of more freedom than ever as women. Yeah. And even though we still have, you know, a long way to go, we have tremendous freedom and we squander it a lot, you know, and that victim consciousness, which I think everybody's guilty of, it can become our reality so quickly, you know, and it feels like what you're talking about is all of a sudden you find yourself in this place of I'm consciously choosing to dig myself up out of this hole because this hole does not need to be my life. This is not going to be 
who I am. Was that a place you found yourself in? And, and talk to us about making that choice to come out of it. Because I think a lot of people are lo- get very lost in it. Years can go by. Right. You know, I do think that every person ends up on this journey and it's a slippery slope. You don't realize you're going this way. You will never, ever wake up one morning and have this total Groundhog Day moment, right? Where like you're feeling as though things are happening over and over and over again and you don't know what to do about it. We all deep down inside know exactly what to do about it. We just have to get to that point where we say no more. And I am not saying like, that's not an immediate thing, right? Like it's so not this in your face moment. The last domino might be the in your face moment, but everything else is like insidious. It just is this slippery slope and one thing happens and you tolerate it. The next thing happens and you might think about it, but in the end you tolerate it still. The Mm -hmm. third thing happens and you're like, okay, is this really like what this is supposed to be? Is this what this is shaping up to look like? Uh, Okay. And then the fourth thing happens and you're probably like getting a little depressed over it because you're like accepting the fact that this is reality, right? Mm -hmm. And then the last thing happens, whether this is the 6th or the 24th or the 2070th, and you're just like, okay, this is it. This is it. I'm all set. And I have to make that decision whether I'm going to continue to be all set and like do something about it or just be all set and like withdraw mentally from the space. Sometimes both happens and like you physically are walking out of the door. Most of the time I found with myself, especially it was like a mental withdrawal. But that last thing is the thing that makes you physically remove yourself from the problem, from the issue. And in that moment, hopefully, might be a little bit afterward, you have this conversation with yourself when you're like, okay, we're having a meeting and we're going to figure out whether we are, (laughs) what we're doing and when we're going and how we're going to get there. Because without that moment, you're literally going to end up on the same hamster wheel out of familiarity or comfort or whatever, right? You could fill in any excuse. It could be, you know, my kid is too young for me to leave this situation. Or, you know, I don't have financial security, so I can't leave that job. Or I'm going to get a promotion eventually, so I may just hang out. Or I don't want to start over, and so I'm going to stay in this situation, right? At some point, you have to come to that realization with yourself and say, no, actually, I'm going to have to blow this up and rebuild it because none of it's right. It's not. I'm basically trying to build this foundation (laughs) on quicksand, and we're all going down. And it's not good. It won't be good because whatever I build, no matter how hard I work, it won't ever amount to anything that will make me happy. I won't feel like I've done anything because half of it will be buried under sand. And what kind of life is like that? You can't move. You can't go anywhere. You can't do anything because you're stuck in this quicksand. And so when you make that conscious decision to literally blow your whole life up and to start over in things that make you happy with pieces or parts of whatever tatters that are left, you at least know that you did build something because you have something that's good that makes you feel happy to bring with you to the next spark. That's really all you're looking for. You leave all the other mess behind. And you, in that taking of the responsibility, the really having the moment with yourself to say, how did I actually get here? Like, I didn't dream this, right? If 
something is not working right in my life, if my marriage is not working right, if my career is not working right, if this job is treating me like crap and I blow this up, what's the good that I can bring from this? There's got to be some good experiences, some things that I did that were right. And can I take these things forward in life? If the answer is yes, then you've won. All you have to do is just do it. Hmm. And a lot of what you're talking about is is being in the present moment. Like I was listening to this thing that someone said this and it makes so much sense to me. Most of us, the mind is often in the past or in the future. It's very hard to be in the present. And I think a lot of what you're talking about is cutting our losses and really saying, you know what? I squeezed all I could out of this situation. I've learned a lot. I did my best with the information I had at the time because hindsight is always 2020. It just is. And the truth is we really are supposed to go through certain things. And I think a lot of what you're talking about is allowing ourselves to be in the present moment and say, clean slate, fresh start. What am I going to do from here on out? What's the choice I'm going to make? Absolutely. And I think in that, like you're able to be a more present person, a more mindful person. You're almost like more contributory toward your community. Yes. People that you know and love and that you deal with every day. You're way more conscious of your interaction with another person, whether you talk with them constantly or whether you see them on a very seldom basis. You are way more in tune with their mindset and what they need in your conversation and way less more focused on how difficult life has been for you or is going for you at the moment. What is always on your to-do list? Everyone always has 7,000 things on their to-do list, right? But When you're really focused on being on your path, then you are way more interested on other people's paths because you're just curious, right? You're focused, you're devoted, you're all in on the things that you want to do, but it's our human nature to say, oh my goodness, I wonder if anyone else has come to these realizations and what are they doing? Because you end up sharing and learning. And that's like the whole point. Yes, hundred percent. I was also praying that you would say, I'm all set in this. I'm really (laughs) glad Naray has truth bombs. She invented mantras before they were affirmations. And I'm all set is one of my fave memories. Oh, yes. Yes. I was praying that would drop in this, but I wanted to let it organically drop. Okay. (laughs) You have to be all set, right? If you're never all set, you'll never move in life. (laughs) Takeaway from this is decide I'm all set. There you go. (laughs) Okay. This is kind of where I want to go next with this self-love. I know this is a big topic and it's so challenging to even pinpoint what self-love is. And it feels like it's the journey, really. It's not necessarily this moment we find ourselves in, but what is the most powerful lesson you've learned in your life so far that has led you to more self-love? Forgiveness. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and honestly, who wants to do that? Well, you know, honestly, if I had to roll it up, I would say perspective is really Mm. where the forgiveness comes from. And you really can't get the perspective unless you're open. And you don't get to be open unless you call your own ass on the carpet. And that's a thing. So we'll try to work our way backward. I think it is one of the most important things to recognize that we're all different and we all have different strengths and different weaknesses, right? Because if you do that, you understand that you're not perfect and we don't do everything well. You're going to do things that are so easy, come so easy to you that take 
all of my energy to accomplish because it's just not my thing. And when I realized that, like my brother, right, he's amazing in terms of his people skills. I feel like I'm horrible at people skills, right? I realized a while ago, he showed me, this is such an amazing thing to walk into a room and have people just light up. They're so happy to see you. Mm -hmm. And I realized I do not solicit that same reaction. I solicit Mm -hmm. a reaction, but it's a different one, right? People get very nervous. They're very serious because they know. (laughs) (laughs) They know that when they're saying something, you're looking 12 levels deeper. That's what they know. (laughs) I just need you to make some sense. That's it. But so that's that solicitate, right? It's just different. Very, very different, that comparison. And what I learned from that was, one, the takeaway was I should not be so serious because these people were really not the people that I needed to, I had no expectation for that. It wasn't even the correct arena. So I needed to kind of check myself in always having to be that same person. Again, we're multifaceted people, right? So we can be different in different ways and just like learn to relax, just chill out a bit, right? And so my lesson there was to chill out. And once I figured out that I wasn't perfect and everyone was going to be different and I didn't have to be perfect in everything, I was then able to be so much more open to what other people had to offer. Mm -hmm. Everybody else has these strengths and these weaknesses that I don't have. Other people do things effortlessly that literally take it all out of me. I'm like ready to go to sleep after I'm like doing the social thing all day. But for my brother, he could do it all day and like work a 12 hour shift doing something else, right? It comes very easily and naturally to him. And that's cool. So back to just understanding the differences. When you do that, you're able to understand I don't need to be devoting all of my energy to be a perfect person. I just need to be focused on what makes me happy and what I'm actually good at. And Mm -hmm. I can also still reach out to these people who I love and adore and who do the same for me to take advantage of what it is that they have to offer. And that is the true sense of community, right? I don't have to do everything perfectly. I don't because that's not the way I was made. But when I got to that point, I was at least able to say, well, I know that I have these strengths and how can I use those strengths and those things that I really like to do to help other people? Because we can always help other people with whatever gift that we have. And once that was able to happen, it was more like, all right, well, if I'm in this space and I really enjoy the thing that I'm doing and I'm helping people, how can that even be amplified more so that I can help more people and outside of this whole idea of, oh, there's just this one person and they do this one thing. There's all these relationships, these mini relationships, these ideas and these recognitions from other people that really resonate with you. You don't even know, right? That you have these gifts. I had no idea that people were just like, oh my God, you do real estate? And I'm like, oh yeah. But again, it's like one small little channel, right? One little facet of something that I did. That was all that it is. But being able to say, oh, I do have all this knowledge. I would be more than happy to share these things. It's the same thing I would do if I were sitting with my friend, Lauren, face to face. Hmm. And I would be explaining all these things. Why can't I do that for more people? Of course I can't. And that's the most focused thing. But when we start to really focus on the gifts that we have received and that are perfect for us, we can then recognize that we're on this journey, right? And share with other people and partake in their journey and get things from them the same way that we give things. There's this whole reciprocity thing that actually works. 
if we would just get on the path and stop trying to be everybody's everything. I think you're right. I think that is what really ends up growing our own self-love because we we recognize our gifts and we can recognize other people's gifts and not try to, like you said, not try to be everything rolled up into one human. And that's kind of what leads me into this term sovereignty, which, you know, sovereignty means ultimately freedom, like liberation. It means that we're able to be fully who we are. How does sovereignty come to life for you in your day-to-day, especially? I think that it comes from going back to the one thing that makes you happy. I say that because, you know, a lot of the times we're in these situations where we have jobs or careers that are just jobs and careers. They're not things that we love. They are not the first thing that we think about when we wake up in the morning in a positive light. They are not these things that, you know, we just cannot wait to get to and we leave our houses at breakneck speed for. They're just (laughs) places we go to do things, to get money and well, that's that. And I think that once we break that cycle and we get to a point where we're really able to be very focused at what it is that we enjoy doing and find a way to make it work for our lifestyles and our livelihoods, then we realize that we get to sovereignty through being authoritatively us. Mm -hmm. So when you are very present and you are very much involved in showing up in your space every single day, you get to have this authority, this dominion over what it is that you do. And because you're kind of like taking up your space in that, you now are an authority. And so people look to you for those things and you have to feel less nervous about kind of delving into things or delving into policies or procedures or happenstance that you don't have power over. You know the thing that you know. I know real estate, in and out, right? That's the thing that I know. So when people ask me questions, I'm able to answer or I am at least able to say, you know what, I've never come across that, but let me do some research because I can at least get you halfway there. But When I first started in this space and I wasn't very sure about myself, I didn't take that space up. Mm -hmm. I was like a person you would call a secret agent, right? Nobody knew I was a realtor. (laughs) (laughs) I had my spy glasses on and a top hat, like nobody knew. And I guess I was just supposed to whisper it and then people would figure it out, right? But really being able to take up the space in the Dominion and say, you know, it's not just the realtor thing. It's just, I love real estate, right? I love the idea that you can basically start with nothing and get something. So many different ways. There's a hundred thousand ways to skin a cat if you are into this particular thing. And being able to share that means that I get this authority or these people who will look to me to answer and ask these questions. And that's a beautiful thing because I no longer have to question myself. I no longer have to run to someone else for this answer. I can say, you know, I've either done it myself or I know or have worked with someone who has. And so I can absolutely answer your questions. Same thing in retail and fashion. I've done all of those jobs. I know being in the stores and being in the corporate world. I get it through and through business side, visual side, in and out. And so when someone asks me a question, when a student asks me a question, I can answer the question because I know it. 
right? The other thing about that is when you know something because you love it and you're with it every single day, it's this living, breathing part of your life. It's a passion, right? Because that's what your thing is. It's a passion. And you get that authority because you're passionate about it. There's no way that you're going to put it down. You pick it up every single day. It's a passion. It's part of your life, right? Just as you live and breathe, you will get something done that involves your passion every single day. But once that happens, you get to this point where you're able to know it frontwards and backwards and kind of hold it in this space in your mind, right? Because it's on this micro level. You know it at a micro level. And once that happens, when you see other things happening in this world at a macro level, you're always wondering how to do these two things intersect, right? So once you're able to do that and share that with other people, it's like level two, right? In a video game, you get to go to this other space where you're seeing how extra authoritative you are because you know your passion inside and out, but you're also looking at the way the world is changing and being shaped and how it will shape other parts. Conversely, you have these conversations with other people who have these other passions. And so now you're saying, okay, we have these all these different things that we are really passionate about and we see We know how they function today, but how will they function tomorrow and how will they function together or apart? And so that way it leads you to a space where your authority is combined, Mm. like the power is combined. And now you can collectively see the way the world will work together. That's a really powerful thing. Oh my God. Yes, 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 yes. And another affirmation I'd like to add that you said is take up space. I don't think there's anything like coming home to yourself. I don't think there's anything that leads you to coming home to yourself without taking up space. Yeah. And that is something as women we really struggle with is taking cool. up space. I mean, you and I were the loudest in the room. <laughs> <laughs> and over the years, we're just like unapologetic about it now. You know, we Maybe were we got people, louder. And I think, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think this leads me into the ultimate part of this conversation, which is abundance and abundance consciousness, because ultimately that is what we're here to do. And I think talk about breaking the cycle. I think the cycle you and I have had in our lives and are here to break is scarcity. And when you talk about taking up space, when we talk about coming home to ourselves, talk to me about abundance and what it means to you in your life at this point to live an abundant life. Oh, abundance is, it's a good cycle. And I think that for me, abundance has taken faith and commitment to faith. I can certainly say that I feel like I've always had this spiritual and godly connection. And, you know, I have no one else to thank for that, but my family members and that in and of itself is a wonderful thing to create that space and that relationship with God. But it has really seemed to me that even if you have that relationship, you're at risk of really living in a scarcity mindset, right? You could absolutely think that you deserve the scarcity or it's all that you're allotted Mm -hmm. or this is the way that things are supposed to be or have always been. Right. And when you are empowered and you have that authority in yourself, there might not be anything else but that. (laughs) That is a very real thing, right? Like you could absolutely know yourself and love yourself for this thing that you are absolutely very good at, committed to, have a gift for. 
but that might not come with all of the abundance that comes with it. I believe that you have to have the faith and really commit to that in order to receive the abundance. When you say, this is the gift that God has granted to me, and I will commit to that. I don't know where it's going. I don't know what is going to happen. I'm going to commit to this and I will step out on faith. You will see the things and the changes that happen in your life. Mm -hmm. And when you really commit, we recommit on top of that, right? It's like a re-up. You get back into that and you double down and you commit again and you say, I know that God has got me because I'm going to continue to do this thing, right? I'm literally out on a limb here. It could all fall down tomorrow, but I believe that it won't. And then when you continue to get those increases, that leads you to really sit in abundance because here you are in your space, taking up your space, growing your space, committed and faithful, stepping out every single day, getting bigger, growing stronger, really settling in. And you are in this cycle and it's abundant and it will continue to be abundant. And you are just going to operate in happiness because there is no end to that. You're living in the abundant space. And when you make those commitments and you continue to double down and triple down, et cetera, that's when everything else falls into place. That's when the happiness shows up. That's when those boundaries are created. That's when you really start nurturing the space so you can continue to grow and all those other barriers and roadblocks are removed. And so therefore the money shows up, the job shows up, the career started aligning, the people that were really killing you and were toxic are gone. But you continue to walk in that every single day, knowing that you're committed to this space. That's when it all really starts to change. I can say that from experience, 150%. It's beautiful. Another truth bomb, settling into abundance. That is powerful, Ray. That is really powerful because I think a lot of people that I've talked to, and even in my own journey to encompassing abundance consciousness, because it's a state of mind. It's not a oh, today it was a great day. So now right. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna be positive and abundant. No, it's like, like you said, in the darkest moments, in the rock right. bottom moments, there right. is a moment that we're all faced with or many moments throughout our life where we're asked to trust. Like you said, even when the cards don't seem to line up logically, it's a slippery slope constantly. It's like a seesaw, scarcity, abundance, scarcity, abundance. But when you said settling into abundance, I felt something there. Because there's a discomfort with it because everybody's waiting for the other shoe to drop. Why yeah. do we have to live life waiting for the other shoe to drop? What if we entertain that life can just be amazing? Absolutely. I think there's ebbs and flows. The energy of the world seeks balance. That's why we could never be on a high forever. We're here to like go through intense growth phases yeah. in our life. We're not really here to just like always be riding high. And we think we'd love it, but we like challenges as humans. And I also think, what if we entertain settling into abundance and walking and starting our day with that in mind versus, oh, like, what do I got to face today? Here we go. My whole thing is when people say to me, you know, well, scarcity is a real thing. And like, there are people that don't have access to these things. And, and I agree with all that but I don't think scarcity is real. I think it was invented. And I think as we collectively believe in it, it just amplifies it. But what happens when we flip the script and say, abundance is real. Abundance is actually the reality and that there is plenty for everyone. And that 
like you said, when you're living from passion and when you are actually asking yourself, what makes me happy? And you're brave enough to even ask that question. Abundance just, it does, it just starts to flow in. And it's its something that it cannot be explained. It can only be experienced. But I think you and I are saying here, what if you just choose abundance today? What could your life look like? And you know, what if you choose it every day? What if you choose it on the roughest days? Yeah. What if you decide that that is what you're committing to? It's easy to be in the scarcity mindset. And I don't mean to just say it as the buzzword that it is. It's absolutely 100% easy to wake up in fear every day. Mm -hmm. It's easy to operate in fear every day. It's easy to get on the job track, to get on the basics track Mm -hmm. and function in debt and do it the way that it was designed to Mm -hmm. hold you, to hold you until you are 59 and a half or 65 or 72, or whatever the new age is, the new retirement age is going to be, right? 105, I don't know, whatever the age is going to be. It's so easy to get on that track, strap in your seatbelt and head off to the races. And you'll blink and 30 years later, you probably won't get a pension, but you might get like a gold watch. And you know, that would be that. You will have been completely satisfied. And for so many people, that's okay. And I, please don't take this the wrong way. I'm not knocking that. No. But for some people, you know, in that 30-year trek, in that buckling up the seatbelt, that you're miserable and mm-hmm. that you hate this mm-hmm. and you want to do something else with your life. So what if you just decided that regardless of how tough it was going to be to get there, how long it took, how much of a struggle it was, that you would commit to it? Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean starve, but it just means if you commit to living for that thing and growing that passion and connecting in it in some way, right? You will have at least set yourself on this idea of having and going back to you, yourself, what you're passionate about, what fulfills you, and you can totally be yourself and be present in your life. Uh. Yes, the thing that you love could absolutely break your heart for sure. Mm-hmm. But It also means that the thing that you love or you think you're going to end up doing with that passion might not be the road that you end up taking, but it doesn't mean that the road's bulldozed. So you have to find another way, just as water will always find its way. You have to find your way. It's a beautiful thing to know that, yes, when I was a little girl, I wanted to be a fashion designer. And that's the only, the literally the only job I thought existed in fashion, right? Mm -hmm. I was six. So. Going in and saying, okay, well, actually, this was my mom that was saying, I think it's really wise for you to get a business degree. Okay, fine, we get a business degree. So point. But did that change the passion? No, I still went into fashion, but I went into it a smarter, wiser woman. I went into it with a totally different side. I went into it knowing so much more about the back end of the house that I would have ever known about the front end of the house. And Did some things change? Yeah, sure. But did I still maintain this passion connection, this connection to the passion that I absolutely love and live for? Yes. And that thing grew. And now, you know, it's become this thing that I get to teach and that I'm so happy doing. And being able to inspire that for other people is amazing. And being able to have it show up in other areas of my life is amazing. And also, perhaps it'll break your heart wide open to actually see the path. You know, yes, I have been broken wide open by yeah. 
some very difficult situations I've gone through in the last few years. People will break you, things will break you, situations will break you. But in my experience, that is a connector to actually the abundance that the universe is asking us to step into. There's always something on the other side of that, that heartbreak, you know? And it does feel like, like you kind of said, a lot of us, our paths are very winding and we find ourselves in places we never thought we'd be. But that's the beauty of actually trusting that life is unfolding for us, not against us, you know? And you and I have both taken a lot of risks in life. We both left corporate America. I love saying that. And we didn't have a full plan when we made these big People would be shocked, (laughs) shocked to know that we didn't have the play-by-play, step-by-step. And I'm telling you, in those moments, like you said, when you take those risks, something catches us. All of a sudden things flow in opportunities, people you never would have met. You like talk about breaking the cycle. You almost like open the floodgates for the things that have been trying to flow to you. Yes. Finally come in. Yes. Because it's right on the other side of the stuff that you're too scared to do. I think that's also very encouraging when you can do the smallest thing that challenges you and keep doing that, you know, it's just not do it once. Keep doing it. Keep scaring yourself. Keep risking keep going because you'll get to a point where something is going to either give you increase and keep the cycle going for you because that's encouragement or we'll hit it hugely. And that will be like your version of success. Just because, you know, you have done one thing and it didn't end up in a disastrous way. (laughs) That doesn't mean like that's success, right? It means that that's encouragement for you to keep going. It's encouragement because you know what you're doing. It's encouragement because it didn't all fall down. And be able to accept when you're stepping out that you might risk it the fifth time and it might all go to hell in a handbasket. But you didn't really lose because you learned. You learned how to do things so that you can build back up to level four and you know what not to do the next time you get to level five. And that is the best thing because now you are settled into a space where you're able to share that with other people. And that's the thing that they will reward you for. Keep going, right? right? (laughs) That's our affirmation. It's been for years. Yes. Wow. This conversation was, talk about spilling the tea. (laughs) Thank you for your wisdom that dropped in this conversation. Thank you for being so open and sharing. The last question I have for you is one of the things I I love to do is give people like, here are a few rituals or inspired actions, like things you can do right now to maybe start down this path or start to evaluate or reflect on life a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. And I want to ask you, what are three rituals or inspired actions that brought you home to you and that you might recommend to another woman who's who's evaluating her life or going through something or ultimately that can lead her back to her? I would say tighten your circle for sure. I think that if you're truly trying to level up, you've got to pray your way to a tighter circle because there's this inordinate level of distraction out in the world. And if you are truly trying to get back to you, you've got to connect with people who knew you when you were really you. And you also need to understand that there are people who know you in present day, who truly see you in a different light and can elevate you in a different way. 
you want to keep a balance between those those people, but there's always people that you've got to call, right? The other thing is to make this like constant. You want to constantly connect with yourself. You want to constantly evaluate how you feel. You want to constantly evaluate your direction. And two, you want to like connect, really, really go out and make sure that the people who you truly connect with, you spend time with. You look them in their face, you talk to them, you send them, I don't know, a tweet, you send them a text, you send them a direct message. And you just make sure that you stay in their face and have these conversations with them because those are the people who will always keep you centered on yourself. They're also going to be the people who are going to keep you accountable. They're going to ask you (laughs) about the thing that you said that you were going to do. And they're going to make sure that you are on your path to what they see in Mm. you. And that is a very powerful thing because a lot of the times, especially when we are in our darkest moments or wavering on our goals, are not 100% sure, there will be someone who either knew you way back when or someone who knew you five months ago but saw this incredible light in you and knows that it's going to be amazing. Or three, knows where you're going to be and knows to keep you accountable. And when you check in with those people, they are going to give you this balance in knowing yourself and knowing that you're on this growth path and knowing that if you keep going, there's even something greater for you. That's beautiful. Wow. Thank you, Ray. Oh, I love you so much. (laughs) You are a gift to this world and to women and you help so many people with your wisdom and you've helped me in more ways than I can ever repay. So I just want to express my deepest gratitude to you and for today for making the time. I would love for you to let people know how they can connect with you and where they can find you because you you be putting out some fire <laughs> content lately. All my friends are like, oh my God, I'm obsessed with Naray's videos. <laughs> oh, they're so sweet. So most of the time uh, you can find me on Instagram at Real Estate with Naray, or you can also find me on Facebook. I'm not really super active on the personal side, but my business page is just my first and last name, Realtor. And you can always reach me via either of those channels through email or direct message. Yay. And just as a heads up, Naray has impeccable taste. You will be up-leveling your taste in life. She's like a tastemaker, influencer, long before there ever were there ever were influencers. So you will be like, oh God, I got to up-level my desk and my workspace. And, uh, my fire, I need to put a fireplace in and a new mantle. It's the visual <laughs> merchandising. That's right. 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 Mm. I love you. Thank you so I much for having me. So much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to House of Low today. I encourage you to keep going. Who you're becoming is on the horizon and who you are today is a gift. Never lose sight that you are worthy of all that you deeply desire. Love, Low.